TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is That Paleo Show with your hosts, Stephanie Wozolik, Dr. Yana James, and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to That Paleo Show, making the paleo lifestyle easy and accessible for everyone. I'm Stephanie Wozlick. I'm Dr. Diana James. And I'm Dr. Brett Hill. And this week we're talking about another seemingly controversial topic. I know it always seems like we're, we're delving into these controversial topics, but today we're going to talk about the sun and uh, not just the vitamin D in the sun. We're going to talk about all sorts of other benefits of the sun and talk about why as paleo people, we absolutely love the sun. Yeah, it's a really interesting topic, isn't it? And so for me, I mean, most people who know me or knew me throughout my childhood, I was always a very, very pale kid who just had to, you know, put an arm out in the sun and my whole body had turned into a lobster. I used to burn so easily. So for me to be talking about getting out into the sun, it's quite an interesting turnaround. And I know Steph's got a a similar story too. So um, for me, I used to burn extremely easily. I've had third degree burns down my leg from being in the sun, even though I applied sunscreen three times. It was, you know, over at a girlfriend's uh, place in Perth. We went to the beach and we were checking out all the hot guys, didn't really go into the water much, and I, I got myself really quite royally burnt. And from then on, I sort of had this phobia of the sun. Um, and then later on, had acne, went on Roaccutane, and so I was told to stay out of the sun because Roaccutane is like a vitamin A um, mimicking uh, molecule. <clears throat> so again, I was petrified of the sun. And then when we came, uh, when I came across paleo and discovered this, this information that we're going to share today, it was really interesting for me to see that, well, maybe well, you shouldn't be afraid of the sun and maybe it's some other stuff that we're doing that's actually causing this hypersensitivity to the sun. And when you think about it, I mean, the sun's been around since the dawn of time. We would have had to have been dealing with it. So, yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about the, the specific benefits of the sun. I mean, the, the main thing with the sun is obviously that that UVB is just really important in, in terms of producing vitamin D. Um, and if you haven't been hearing about vitamin D in the last little while... You've been under of, a rock. Yeah. You've been <laughs> in a cave, which you've, we love. You've definitely been in a cave. It's been too long in the cave, not spending enough time getting out of the cave. That's it. That's really important. That's what we're talking about today. So um, it is really important in terms of producing that vitamin D, which just has so many different health benefits. And, and the interesting thing about vitamin D is not actually even a vitamin. It's actually a hormone. So it's a neuroregulatory steroidal hormone. How's that for a big word? And it's really important for a whole range of different things right throughout our body. Um, so it has an effect on you know, our immunity, which is really important in terms of protection from cancers. But also there's some great research out there at the moment talking about vitamin D and helping to minimize the risk of the flu, which is pretty cool. Um, it has effects on inflammation. It has an effect on the expression of over 2,000 different genes in your body, which is wow, pretty important. that's incredible. Um, so, you know, calcium regulation, obviously, you know, really severe vitamin D is, is rickets, and that's yeah. kind of how I discovered vitamin D in the first place. <laughs> deficiency. A severe vitamin D deficiency. Yes, yeah, sorry. Severe, what did I say? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> the severe vitamin D deficiency can lead to rickets, and that's how they discovered it in the first place. So that's where we look at, you know, the kind of bow-legged kids with the soft, brittle bones um, and that's obviously the very extreme and, and we rarely see that nowadays uh, well certainly in the western world we rarely see that nowadays anyway um, but it's obviously really important to make sure you're getting enough vitamin d yeah and so vitamin d is also linked with or low vitamin d is also linked with mortality 
um, with bone health, as you've said. It's also linked with cardiovascular disease, which is really interesting. Mm. Um, MS is linked with low vitamin D, which, which again, that's something that's on the rise in our society and something that we could potentially be helping by increasing our levels of vitamin D. Um, cancer, gestational diabetes, um, that's a pretty interesting, interesting one. Interesting, isn't it? Wow, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's, that's really interesting. Um, and as you said, the flu. So, you know, in Australia, we're about to go into winter season and I'm seeing those ads popping up marketing a certain uh, substance to uh, use to prevent the flu, um, which isn't actually even shown to prevent the flu. Um, so perhaps we should be looking at some more natural sources and as... Chiros and paleo people would definitely love the natural sources of boosting immune system health. Yeah, so as we know that we have um, two different uh, wavelengths, I guess, that we're talking about here. So that's UVA and UVB. So UVB is the one that we're talking about as being the excellent one, uh, protects against these harmful diseases and stuff. And also UVA is maybe the more harmful one. But, uh, but in conjunction, UVA and UVB, they work together. So it's important that if you're going to get your sunlight, that maybe it's important to get those both together. So uh, in my reading, I, I was always curious about windows, right? Mm -hmm. So we kind of yeah. think, okay, it's kind of cold outside. Maybe I can get my sunlight from inside. But in fact, windows protect you against the UVB and it only lets UVA through. So even that might not be the best the best way of doing it it really is important to just get outside yeah and so when you say protect against UVB UVB is obviously the good one that yes, we want so it's sorry. not necessarily protecting against it it's, it's just negating it. the benefits exactly of it, I guess. yeah preventing it point. from coming through yeah. yeah and so the other important thing in terms of vitamin D is it actually has an effect on insulin resistance which is a really interesting one because we've obviously spoken a lot about insulin in our previous episodes and yeah. the risk of that in terms of um, diabetes and, and, and really the links between insulin and a whole range of chronic diseases so um, that's obviously a, a really important factor there. Yeah, that's pretty um, important for me. You know, the other thing for me, I think, is the, sun, the, the effects of sunlight in terms of mood, I think, is massive. Like, I know for me, if I'm, you know, if I can just get out in the sun, just spend like 10 minutes getting some sun on my skin, warming up. I, honestly, I think I'm part lizard because I just get out there <laughs> and I just get all really energetic. I feel so good. I'm like up and about, ready to go. Um, it just has a massive effect. So um, maybe one of you guys wants to talk a bit about, about the seasonal affective disorder. Obviously, you're from Canada, Steph. So. Oh, yeah. Well, well uh, so we've, we know that some people suffer from a kind of depression called seasonal affective disorder. And that tends to be as we go into the winter months, as fall or autumn approaches throughout the winter months, and then <laughs> a little bit into spring again. And, um, and we're kind of wondering now that if maybe that isn't just part of of a vitamin D deficiency in people. Yeah. Um, I know today, like we, we just had Easter weekend here. So I had a few days off and it was r rainy and kind of miserable all day. And to be perfectly honest, I did not go outside very much at all. And so today the sun came out and I was like, Oh, thank goodness the sun. I'm going to go sit outside. And I just feel yeah. so good this morning. Cause I just spent the last, you know, 45 minutes outside reading a book and you know, doing some work and it was just a wonderful mood boost. Yeah. And that's going to be really difficult in countries like Canada right where you don't get a whole lot of sunny days yeah well that's yeah. why I mentioned the thing about the windows because yeah. you kind of think like oh I've got this corner office and you know I've got these beautiful windows but that might not just affect you to the same degree but it certainly would help your moods I would expect yeah and you know the other great thing about the sun is its ability to reset your circadian rhythms as well mm. you know we're designed to wake up in the morning get exposed to that full spectrum light from the sun 
which actually helps reset our circadian rhythms and helps set our rhythm, you know, our wake sleep cycles for the whole day, which is really important in terms of our stress levels, in terms of, you know, our overall health. So it's really important that you're getting that sun in the morning. I've actually got an alarm clock, which is actually full spectrum light. So that's really cool because it means you can actually set it at different, because I'm not always waking up exactly when the sun is. Unfortunately, in our modern worlds, we tend to go more by the clock than by the sun and perhaps something I need to work on and change. But um, you know, that, that allows us to have, to me, to have that full spectrum light to, to stimulate that circadian rhythm first thing in the morning, which is really cool. Yeah, and I mean, when we're talking about sleep, this is probably, you know, something that a lot of people would be interested in as well, is that it's so important to have those good sleep patterns because it's such an important thing for us as humans to get good sleep. And, you know, one of the, the things that I was recently reading with UVA and UVB is that um, the UV... Uh, a protects against the harmful UV, UVBs causing of wrinkles, which is huh. kind of interesting. I think it was oh, the, the other opposite. Way UV, oh, UVA sorry. causes UVA causes the wrinkles, and UVB, and UVB protects, protects oh, against all the just wrinkles. You can probably call them different things. Anyway, um, <clears throat> so this is kind of interesting to me at the moment because I, I guess I've just started the whole thirty challenge, and I've turned thirty this year. And uh, with my whole thirty challenge, I've also decided to go makeup free, which is a bit, bit of a big step for it's me. Good so thank you. <laughs> um, so with that whole, you know, getting good sleep to, you know, really help with the, the harmful, well, not the harmful effects, but help with, um, you know, reducing your accelerated aging and that sort of thing. So it's actually interesting that I might want to get out into the sun to help prevent some wrinkles. How about that? That's insane. No. So, so let's start talking about how much sun we need, right? Because there seems to be a lot of debate about this in, in all the different literature, and, and there's a huge amount of variables that have an impact on this. So, you know, things like, we're going to talk in a second about diet and how that can have an impact, but you know, your age can have an impact. Your skin color can actually have a massive impact. You know, yeah. I was reading some stuff from McCola who was suggesting that, you know, darker skin people might need 10 times more um, vitamin D or, sorry, 10 times more sun exposure to get the same levels of vitamin D, which is pretty amazing. Like yeah. 10 times. That's, That's huge. Yeah, but if you think about it, that makes perfect sense. If yeah. you look at the origins, then um, people living closer to the equator tend to have darker skin, yeah. which would mean they obviously had a more regular sun exposure so they need to have that darker skin to it's protection basically yeah. isn't it mm. yeah um and so obviously what latitude you're at is going to be really important in terms of yeah. the amount of sun that's coming through because obviously that affects the angle of the sun and how much atmosphere it needs to get through um, cloud cover you know the ozone layer is a big one for us down here in australia yeah and even pollution so if you're in a city that you know a densely populated city with lots of pollution that can actually prohibit the vitamin d from getting through as well so if you you know if you are living in a city and you do spend tons of time out in the sun and your vitamin d levels because you can get tested for vitamin d levels if those aren't going up it might just be that the pollution has been you know inhibiting that vitamin d absorption so just get out into the country go for a nice walk and you know some farms or something yeah (laughs) and and of course the other thing that's really important is the time of day i mean we kind of get that drummed into us as australians that you know that middle part of the day is is the worst in terms of sun exposure and and i think that makes sense as well because i think if you were a hunter-gatherer then chances are that middle part that stinking hot part of the day where the sun's beating down you probably would have found yourself a nice shady tree and and use that time to have a bit of a midday nap i reckon which i like the idea of because i'm a bit of a fan of midday naps so (laughs) um you know i think that makes sense you know you'd spend that that middle part of the day out of the sun and so i think 
you know, the best time to get that sun exposure is, is sort of, you know, the, the mid-morning and the mid-afternoon when you're still, you know, the angle of the sun is still good enough that you're going to get decent exposure, but you're not exposing yourself to that really harsh midday sun, particularly, I think, in Australia where we do have that hole in the ozone layer. You do need to be, you know, there's a balance here. You know, it's like too much sun, too little sun. Yeah. And look, you know, talking about sun exposure as well, I, I forgot to say earlier when I was talking about my um, journey is that as, once I got rid of the inflammatory foods, I did not burn nowhere near mm. as much. I, I actually can't remember the last time I got burnt and it was painful and sore, even though I spent four days in 38 degree heat at WOMAD, didn't get burnt. You know, I, I did, you know, cover up with, um, with a, a nice light scarf whenever I was going out into the full blown sun and had a hat on. Um, but I didn't wear my sunglasses either. And that's something that really changed. And that was a result of Dr. Brett talking about it. But, um, I used to always like, I, I could be inside looking at the outside and feel like I had to put my sunglasses on because it was so glary and bright. Yeah. And once I changed my diet, um, I noticed that all of a sudden I was forgetting to put my sunglasses on. Mm -hmm. And then you, yeah. do you want to share um, you probably, yeah. I think it was on the wellness guys you were talking about it. Well, essentially, yeah. it's, it's just one of your body's natural defenses, right? Is that you actually have sensors in your light to tell you how much sun is coming in. Sorry, sensors in your eyes to tell you how much it's sun is coming thing, in. Yeah. Um, and that allows you to adjust the melatonin levels in your body. Melatonin? Yes, melatonin levels in your body, which is about your body's resistance to the sun. So your body actually changes its resistance to the sun based on what your eyes are telling you about how much sun is coming in, which is really clever, right? That's but of course, so if you put dark sunglasses on, then your eyes think that it's quite dark, but your skin is getting exposed to massive amounts of sun. Um, and so you're, you're reducing that natural protection of your body. And so, you know, I found for me, I mean, I'm a cricketer, if you haven't realized, I'm a bit of a cricket tragic. I love my cricket. But that means <laughs> that, you know, on any given Saturday afternoon, I might be spending five hours out in the sun in Australia, full war sun, um, and I don't wear any sunscreen. And so, so what I do is I don't wear any glasses. Um, which is, you know, uncommon sometimes amongst the cricketers when they're fielding, they like to have their dark shunnies on. Um, I do wear a broad brim hat. I do wear a long sleeve top. Um, but I get myself out there in the sun. And, and do you know what? If it's not that hot, then I'll roll up my sleeves and get some more vitamin D as well. Um, and I can't, I can't remember the last time I've been burnt. You know, I'll go to the beach, won't put sunscreen on. I haven't been burnt. And I think that's one of the keys really in terms of how much sun we're getting exposed to is, you know, you don't want to get burnt. Right, so you, so you yeah. want to get enough sun to get maybe just a little bit pink on your skin, but certainly not burnt. Yeah. Um, and so you, you can definitely get too much sun, and we're not encouraging that, but you can definitely get too little sun. And I think what we're seeing now with the research is that perhaps too little sun is actually more dangerous even than too much sun, sun, which is pretty much the exact opposite of what certainly what I was told growing up. Yeah, definitely. And so, I mean, the reason that a diet influences that is that grains increase your body's vitamin D requirement. So that's kind of interesting. So if you're having grains, you're going to require more vitamin D. Um, and also a diet high in magnesium decreases the need of uh, vitamin D because it increases the active D3 mobilization in the body, right? So what we're just talking about here is the fact that a good diet means that your body's going to perform how it should do. And uh, getting rid of the stuff that we haven't always had in our, in our diet means that we're going to um, get rid of some bad results of that food. Yeah, and the other thing to think about in terms of diet is fat. You know, we've just done a whole episode on how important fat is and how much we love fat. And, you know, the one that's often so demonized, cholesterol, is actually one of the precursors or is the precursor towards creating vitamin D. Mm. Right? So you actually have to have those healthy fats in your diet if you want to be producing good levels of vitamin D. Yeah. Um, and this is one of the issues I have sometimes when we have these studies that come out about how much of a certain nutrient we need. Because um, we see these sort of studies all the time. And unfortunately, what they do is they... 
they tend to take unhealthy people and see how much of a certain nutrient they need to get them back up to a you know a healthy level. Mm. Whereas in reality, if they actually got those people eating healthy food, then I have a feeling that the daily requirements for that particular vitamin would actually be a lot lower. And I think vitamin D is probably an example of this. Yeah. Yeah, that leads us right into supplementation. So if, again, we know that vitamin D has been this newfangled thing in the media and stuff, and we know that people or that products have now been started to be supplemented with vitamin D. So I think even bread, I know yeah. for sure milk, they've all been supplemented with vitamin fortified. D. Fortified. Fortified, sorry, I'm using the word <laughs> supplemented. Um, they've so all been fortified with vitamin D, but that really isolates the one particular component and as opposed to looking at your overall lifestyle and, and the increases or decreases in the need for that. And, um, and that's the same thing with actual like tablet supplementation as well. So we're looking at taking these supplements, vitamin D, but it works in conjunction with so many other parts of the body that you can actually, by taking too much vitamin D supplements, make yourself deficient in vitamin A or yeah. can affect other, other things as well. And that's just that's so, um, I suppose, typical of what we try and do with, with supplementation, which is to, oh, we've discovered this thing, we've found this in the research that it's showing something, let's let's use that. But what we don't know is the other components, like the stuff that we can't possibly control for in our randomized controlled trials, you know? Um, so... <laughs> It, you know, it always seems to come back to what did Mother Nature do? How did Mother Nature do it best? Because we evolved in that environment to use what was given to us by Mother Nature and not what was sort of, you know, sieved out. Um, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, at the end of the day, it's just another a form of medication, really, isn't it? If you're just trying to isolate one particular thing and say A plus B equals C in your body... You know, that's what we do with medication and why we're having so many troubles with medication because of all the side effects and all the adverse effects that creates and the health outcomes that creates. Yeah. And we, we're really essentially doing the same thing, perhaps with a slightly more, or a more benign substance. If we're looking at, you know, natural vitamins and minerals, they're not, they don't have the same massive side effects that we get from the medications. But even so, it's not just A plus B equals C. There's a chain reaction that goes on there that affects just so many other things in our body. And so... Um, you know, the other thing, I guess, in terms of diet is to have a look at the natural sources of how we can get those into our diets. And so you can get some vitamin D from your foods. So things like you know, oily fish and cod liver oil actually do have some natural vitamin D in it. And we were saying earlier that uh, some animals actually get a lot more of their vitamin D from their <laughs> diet. And actually, was it dogs, yeah, I think, dogs. Who, who produce it in their hair and then lick it off of their hair? So, yeah. Well, because they don't have any exposed skin, yeah. right? So yeah. ha they're not making their own vitamin D in that sense like yeah. we are. Yeah, yeah. I know uh, Mark Sisson, I'm pretty sure it was say, that said that there's a reason that we're upright hairless yeah, human yeah. beings. It's because we need to get that exposure onto our skin. So, yeah. So if you're a particularly hirsute person, that, that, that <laughs> you could might be an option for your, you. Uh... I don't know. That, that might be a way of going. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention before when we were talking about the importance of cholesterol is also for people to be really conscious if you're then taking cholesterol-lowering medications, which mm. is a hugely increasing proportion of our population that, that are being recommended these cholesterol-lowering medications. And this is just another example of, I guess, the side effects from those medications and how that impacts on your body. Yeah, and we're not saying, like, there, there's so much controversy about this right now. We're not saying that to not supplement with vitamin D because quite frankly we just don't know what the the benefits and the cons are of that so like it's possible that you know we don't all live on the equator anymore and we have moved around the, the world and we do live in places where our bodies aren't really designed to get the right amount of vitamin D from our environment so it's possible that there is benefit to supplementing but we just 
we're just really not sure. And um, being in Australia, I guess we don't really <laughs> feel the need to do yeah. that quite as much as maybe Norway or something yeah. or Canada. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say. Like, if you're actually a dark-skinned person living way up, you know, way yeah. away from the equator in yeah. the middle of a winter where it's snowing outside and you're not getting outside, then, you know, that might be an example of, hey, maybe your supplementation might be good for you because you're a bit out of your, you know, your comfort zone yeah. there and it's the middle of winter and you're just not getting that. I mean, you would have to have a huge amount of exposure to a huge amount of your skin for a huge period of time in that <laughs> climate to actually get enough to get that vitamin D. Yeah. Yeah, I'm having flashbacks of uh, oh, one of those movies, um, something American, something about, well, uh, no, I don't even remember, but the plates of aluminium foil, I'm sure you saw them in the 70s, <laughs> they were trying to collect every beam of sun and beam it back into their face. Um, but look, you know, that's not the only reason we like the sun, is it? And we were talking before about what it means if you're out in the sun. And for me, it means either you're running around being active and that's really good for your health, really good for your mental uh, picture, really good for your body's functionality. Um, Or you could be doing some relaxing, which I'm kind of excited about because I've just booked a holiday. So that's kind of cool. I'm going to be in the sun on a beach um, a little while's time. But, you know, it, it makes a lot of sense in terms of those overall health aspects of getting movement and or getting some mental clarity and mental downtime which we just don't get much of anymore yeah um you know the other point i wanted to make when we're talking about the supplementation is that there are different supplements you can get as well so there's the vitamin d2 and then there's a vitamin d3 Um, and a lot of the supplements do have the vitamin d2 which is a a more synthetic version of the the vitamin and i certainly uh, from some of the research i was doing i was suggesting that the natural vitamin d3 is by far the best way to go a much more effective a much more I guess, congruent nutrient for your body. It's, it's what your body's designed to be taking and it's what your body's used to and knows what to do with. You know, a bit like our processed foods are different to what our body's designed to deal with, then perhaps the processed supplements and vitamins and in this case hormones are going to be different to what your body's designed to deal with. So you want to have a think about if you are going to supplement, think about making sure you're doing your research, that you're getting a, a good quality supplement, that you're looking closely at, at you know how much you need to take. Um, the other recommendation that I saw from Mark Sisson, which I thought was really intelligent and made a lot of sense, was that to make sure that when if you're having a vitamin D supplement, make sure you're having it with some healthy fats because um, we yeah. know that it's a fat-soluble nutrient. Yeah, makes um, sense. And so it make, it's important that we have those fats there to help us um, utilize that vitamin D and perhaps even to help our body produce its own vitamin D to supplement that. Um, so, so having some nice, healthy, fatty foods with that makes a lot of sense as well. Yeah, and I know I was reading in Noriga Gaudis's book about um, people who've had their gallbladders removed. So this might make it tricky for a, a, quite a big percentage of the population, I believe, have had gallbladder removals. Um, so if you're in that category, that's going to possibly be significantly more difficult for you to absorb your supplemental vitamin D because your body isn't going to be able to process those oils. So for that group of people, it's even more important that you get out into the sun and get it naturally the way that nature intended. Yeah. Yeah. So in Australia, there's this campaign, the Slip Slap Slop campaign. <laughs> slip Slap Slop. Oh, oh, see, I don't even know the campaign. I think they've added another word onto it though, haven't they? I don't know, I stopped listening to the campaign. (laughs) Anyways, there's this whole ordeal in Australia that I didn't know anything about because in Canada, of course, we don't have these campaigns. I mean, we do have the, you know, the government does tell you to put on sunscreen and go inside. But in Australia, it's kind of a big deal. And they tell you to, you know, put on a hat, slip, slop. I don't know which part is the sunscreen. Slip on some sunscreens. Oh, there you go. So those, those... 
some of those are really good recommendations, but when we talk about sunscreen, it's so many of the sunscreens out there are loaded with chemicals and toxins and some have actually even been shown to increase your chances of cancer. Yeah. So it's it's so um counterproductive counterproductive exactly is the word i'm looking for to tell you to prevent skin cancer to put on these toxic sunscreens and look this really really hits close to home to me my uncle died of skin cancer a few years ago or melanoma and so for me i used to be the sunscreen police i have a lot of um moles and just you know i guess family history essentially of of that and so I've always been really really careful of it but I can tell you that this is one thing I've definitely changed my mind on in the past few years and again even moving from Canada to Australia where the sun is way stronger I've definitely changed my mind on on sun exposure and so if you are looking for a sunscreen uh, it's definitely important to look for the more natural mineral-based sunscreens I know zinc oxide is really thick and very protective <laughs> um but again we're really more recommending the cover yourself up with hats and clothes and you know go into the shade when necessary but still getting enough of that sun yeah you know what i i don't know if people know this but what i found really interesting especially you know now that i live in adelaide where it's really hot natural shade shade from trees is so much cooler than man-made shade so if you go under a shelter that's like a gazebo so 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 much hotter than the shade of a tree which it's just fascinating so get under a tree people They're yeah good. Nice. you'll get some get filter sunlight as well yeah <laughs> just a absolutely bit. so look i think you know for for your average person if you're you know, if you're fair-skinned and you're living in Australia, which I think a lot of our fans will be, um, then I think, you know, if you can get 20 minutes a day out in the sun and, and you know, get your, get your skin exposed a bit, pull up your sleeves, pull up your pants There's a little bit. Pasty white areas yeah, are generally the best. Get, get, it, get that extra <laughs> bit of your skin because obviously you want a bit more surface area. But if you can get 20 minutes with your sleeves rolled up and you're not burning, then I think that's going to be great for you to at least get at least a base level of vitamin D. And I don't think that's going to be dangerous for anybody unless you've got... I don't know, some sort of skin condition, and, and you'll know if you're in that category that you can't do that. But for yeah. the vast majority of people, I think get out there, get at least 20 minutes. Maybe if you're darker skin or if you're in, you know, Canada perhaps, then you might want to think about getting a little bit more than that. Um, but I think that's that's a very safe level and amount of sun that you can get. And, and as with most of these things, the key is to do it consistently. You know, if you can do that every day, make sure you're getting that little bit of exposure. Um, then I think you're going to be in really good stead and you're going to notice the differences and the benefits of that vitamin D. Yeah. yeah, and it's just really important to know your body as well. Like Yana knew that when she went out in the sun a lot, she got burned. So if you know that you're like that, just be more careful. But mm. um, but you'll find, like we talked about, if you do change your diet, uh, you might find your tolerance for the sun uh, in improved. Different. And that yeah. is anecdotal. There's not really any concrete studies on that. Like Brett yeah. said, they don't do studies with healthy people. <laughs> so, um, yeah. so, you know, it, it, again, this is just something that we've heard time and time again, but you know, overall, one of my favorite things that I've discovered in Australia, my favorite thing about the sun is that I have an awesome garden now. You do. <laughs> my, that is awesome. My garden's amazing. So it's not cool. only can the sun now provide me with food? But it means that I have to spend a little bit more time outside tending to my garden and you know taking care of it and harvesting my food. And then not only that, but after I've harvested my food, like for example, I had lots of chilies and basil this year, I could use the sun to then sun dry my food as well. Nice. So yeah. I, you know, it just kind of all <laughs> links together in my absolute, I just wanted to 
yeah, can share that. And it's to really share funny. how much I love the sun. It, yeah. As much as a paleo girl I am, I'm still clearly away from my roots as a farmer because you came in with your actually you'd done some sun dried tomatoes. You brought them into the practice. I'm like, oh, how'd you make them? And you're like, I cut them in half and put them in the sun. Like, <laughs> really? That works? Yeah. What, what planet was I on at that time? It's brilliant. So I've done my own batch now and they are the best sun-dried tomatoes I've ever had. Yeah. Thank you, Steph. They're brilliant. Which is funny because um, one of my batches actually burned in the yes, sun. So did mine. <laughs> so did mine. They went black, but they still taste good. Yeah, they definitely yeah. did. Um, and again, some of those things might not be as helpful in Canada or, <laughs> you know. I, even in Ashton. Seriously, I was doing, trying to do my sun-dried tomatoes in the Adelaide Hills and by the time they start to dry out during the day and then it gets so um, moist. moist in the evening that they just they didn't work at all. So I think it works better down here on the flats than it does up in the hills where I come from. There you yeah. go. Well, anyways, guys, this has been a good episode and I think the, the moral of the story is that more research is coming out every day about vitamin D and yeah. it's not all pointing towards vitamin D being evil as we've or not vitamin d sorry Sorry, the sun the sun being evil like we we tend to hear so keep your eye out for more information on vitamin d and definitely look for those natural sources whenever you can and i think it always comes back to do you know we're giving you some information here go and do your own research go and look things up for yourself and decide what sits right with you um and you know we're so lucky to live in an age where there's the internet you can get some access to really good research articles that are showing all sorts of information so take charge of your own health and and be responsible for the choices you make and i think you'll find that uh, it's a brighter future ahead (laughs) definitely all right so until next week check us out on facebook share your story and help to grow the paleo tribe worldwide This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Hi, Dr. Brett Hill here from The Wellness Guys. Have you seen some of the feedback on Facebook for the Wellness Summit? It was amazing. Ada from Sydney said, I've not just a spring my step, but an urge to sprint out of bed. If the Wellness Summit comes up in your hometown and you can make it, do it. Sandy and Allison said, this is a seminar worth every dollar. Thanks so much for your huge efforts to bring your work to the world. So guess what? The next Wellness Summit is in Melbourne on August the 17th, and we'd love to see you there. So to get your tickets, go to www.thewellnesssummit.com. Can't wait to see you there.